This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening and welcome to the 1912XLs podcast, the only Newport County podcast that's made by the fans for the fans. I'm your host for tonight, Reese Warren, and with me is Ed Bridges. Good evening. Ian Street. Hi, everyone. And a rare appearance from Martin Phillips. Hello. So uh, since our last pod, we've uh, we've had Bradford away, Salford at home and Tranmere at home. Only the three points from those three games. Shall we start with you, Ian, who was at, at Bradford? I thought we played all right on the day. And it was, you know, people will look at that and say, well, we, we got turned over 2-0. But for me, there was um, some really, you know, they scored both of their goals when we were down to 10 men. And and, and and the first goal in particular I thought was quite interesting because Wildig went down injured in the middle of the park. They didn't blow up and that's totally fine. He didn't break a leg or he, he didn't have a head, head injury. So, you know, the, the, the play went on. But then they scored, you know, from about, what, 20 yards just outside the box. It was a great strike. You know, and you can't know if we would have prevented that. But we did have a midfielder who was sat on his backside injured 30 yards away. So that must have affected us getting back and covering those spaces. He went off. And then, and then you know, 10 minutes later, Robbie went off. We're playing in 35-degree heat. So we're, we know subs are going to be a bit of a thing, you know, in this game. And we've got to make two subs already within sort of the first half hour. And then, you know, Declan got sent off, whether that's harsh or not. You know, I think if it had been, you know, if it had gone, if it had been a Bradford player at our place, we'd have said, yeah, you need to go. Um, I think it was a little bit harsh, but you can see why it was given. You know, so we've got to the end of the first half. We're one down. We've had to make, you know, two changes and we're down at 10 men. And in the second half, again, so we're down at 10 men. They've scored a goal, which was quite poor defending. They were, you know, Bradford looked, you know, obviously they flooded forward. We were wilting a little bit in the in the heat and the changes that had been made. And when it got to 70 minutes, you know, Bradford could make their sort of five changes and bring a lot of extra, you know, players onto the pitch. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, they didn't look, you know, a lot of people fancy them, don't they, to, to do well this season. They didn't look world beaters at all for me. And I, I felt really, when I was sat in the ground, until Declan went off, I thought we'll get something out of this game, you know. Um, we didn't, and I can imagine, you know, people frothing at home, so we've lost the way, da, 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 but I think we were okay on that. I think we were okay on the day, you know. Um, it was just a, just a force of circumstance, really, that, that that happens in games, doesn't it? You know, sometimes you don't get the rub of the green, you get some injuries, you get a, you know, if it, it, a decision goes against you and you lose the game. But it doesn't mean to say you were, we were poor. We, 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 the effort was there all the way through. Um, there were some good, neat, neat bits of, of play in that game. We didn't create too much, and I think that's that's probably something that we'll come on to as we go through the pod. You know, we haven't created a huge amount of chances, but it didn't. I didn't come out of that game thinking, "Oh, we're terrible." I thought we did okay. Yeah, I think one of Robbery's complaints as well after the game was that in a similar situation, 
um, the referee blew up when it was a Bradford player down injured. He did. He did do that, but it was um, a more obvious head injury or potential head injury. So you can see why the why the ref blew, even though you know in the stands, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a problematic head injury. Do you know what I mean? You can only tell though. So I think that's why he why he blew. Um, but you know, you're away from home. You know, they got a massive crowd in. It's a really noisy place to go, and you, know, you, you sometimes you're not going to get the decisions, are you? That's just that's just how it is. You've just got to you've got to suck it and and get on with it. I know we probably will talk about it later as well. Do you think the formation plays a part in uh, maybe not creating as many chances, or is it personally? I think it's down to personnel compared to last season. Ed Martin, do you want to tackle this one for us? Well, I, I mean, I'll give a naive point of view, and then Martin can tell me why I'm why I'm wrong. That's that's what normally happens. But I mean, I I've sort of gone full circle on some of this because before yesterday I was convinced that we hadn't quite worked out the right system and that that was the problem that that Robri needed to crack but actually and I'll, I'll probably talk more about this a bit later on in relation to the Tranmere game I thought yesterday uh, James Waite and um, the new lad Mariah Welsh were the biggest difference against Tranmere because they changed the dynamic of the attacking midfield roles to me, I don't think it, it matters hugely whether you've got a back three or a back four, because I think either way, you're still probably expecting Norman to cause problems down the right and then either Evans or one of the Lewises to cause problems down the left. And you're probably also likely to have Bennett kind of shielding the back line. It's in the 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 middle, in the sort of attacking midfield roles where things hadn't clicked. And even yesterday for chunks of the game, we weren't getting midfield players forward quick enough to support the front two. But I think if we can solve that dynamic so that um, when we're making that transition from defence to attack, you know, Bennett hangs back, but the other two midfielders and the wing-backs bomb forward quickly, that's when I think we're in business. And And previously, I thought that might be a system problem. But seeing it, seeing things working better yesterday with Waite and Mariah Welsh, getting forward to to support the attack and and bombing up that felt like a breakthrough so i i'm perhaps now thinking it, it is in the short term at least going to be about um personnel rather than system yeah i i'd uh, i quite agree with with ed with a lot of what he's just said and at times we've been quite deep this season um which which means we're not or we don't really have an outlet to get up front quite quickly um bogle is a focal point of attack um, and he's always there to kind of soak up any pressure and then lay off any balls to whoever's around him but it's getting those bodies around him in situations which are not dead balls um, so from open play and if if we're on the back foot if we're defending which is something we've we've clearly improved upon by becoming a bit more um, structured then and maybe that means that we're not a bit loose when we're going forward. We've got to got to get more bodies or commit more bodies a bit forward quicker. And maybe that's why we haven't created as as, as many chances. Whereas we would have had the the, the two tens last year. Um, we haven't really got that yet. Uh, we're finding our feet, though. I think I think we will start to create chances. One of the good things is we're creating a lot of chances from set pieces. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, but we're one of the best in the league so far for for creating chances from set pieces, which is nice. If we can start doing it more from open play, then we will start scoring goals. Moving on to the Salford game, I think some of what you just said was quite apparent that um, Bogle was looking quite a frustrated figure at halftime. I, I don't think he was the only one, but he can he kept winning the ball high up the pitch um, or winning you know winning headers, and every time he got the ball, there was no one. Lewis Collins in particular was never close to him to receive the layoff. And when he laid it back into midfield, I think Sam Bowen was guilty a few times of then giving the ball away. And at half time, I could see him throwing his hands up, uh, Bogle, that is, throwing his hands up in the air, just a bit frustrated that um, he was winning these high turnovers and then just not being able to uh, to do anything with them. Ed, we, we disagreed in the gap at the Salford game. You thought that um, Adam Lewis had a relatively decent game and I thought that Bolton had him on toast all game. So yeah, I, I'm 
very aware that this was a minority view. I, I normally sit in my spot at the back of the, the Hazel stand, but for the Sulphur game, I ended up down in the terrace watching at very close quarters that um, battle between Bolton, the the right winger for, for Salford, and, uh, yeah, Scouse Lewis. Um, and I think probably by the end of the half, particularly after um, Scouse had got his booking, I think you're right, he'd started to be exposed. But I did see some good um, movement from from Lewis, and I thought he did a lot better than people gave him credit for. He did get a lot of, I thought, flack, because essentially he was up against an extremely good right winger. Bolton looked like a, a hell of a player. Um, and I thought for a good half an hour, Lewis gave as good as he got, managed to get his foot in, make some tackles, stood up to him well. There was a nice little moment when there was a, a bit of an exchange of words between the two of them. Didn't quite catch what it was, but you know he was clearly not being taken for a mug. But then I think, yeah, once he got booked... Um, he was understandably and, and rightly to some extent being cautious. Um, and I, I was surprised he didn't get substituted at half time. And I think it's no coincidence that it was that sort of 10 minutes after half time when Salford pushed home the advantage. Um, when before we then took Scouse off and brought on Will Evans. Um, so I think there, there was enough there for me to think, yeah, he's there's a player there. But I think he he might have been judged a little bit harshly because of the quality of what he was up against. And I will just say, um, like everyone, I was I walked away a bit disappointed by that Salford result. But I think um, perspective can be a, a useful thing. And looking back on it, I do think Salford were an extremely good team, and I do think they will be one of the sides that goes up automatically. So um, there will be plenty of results this season where we'll kick ourselves for not getting more out of the game. But I think losing at home to Salford, there'll be a lot of teams better than us who who will do exactly the same this season. We haven't had a great start, but have we also played some of the better teams already? Um, and hopefully the, the difficulty of fixtures should kind of even things out in the coming weeks. Well, the, the cliche is there are no easy games in the fourth division, but Barrow at home uh, is probably, probably up there. So I don't know when, when we've got that, but like, the fixture calendar has not been kind to us. We play a lot of sides who would fancy themselves as being in the kind of top third in the first kind of month or so of the season. And it's it's quite a while before we start to get some games that are bankers. I think that's one of the things that's annoyed me a little bit about the frothing, you know, annoyance of some of the fan base. You know, when you looked at the fixture list, it was always really clear that we had quite a tricky start. You know, I'm a big believer of that. I know it's a cliche in itself, but look at it. Look at it after ten games, and let's see how we get on against Harrogate and a few other ones we've got coming up. And then, you know, then then we can have a look, can't we? And we've had we'll come on to this, I think. But we, I think, yesterday was the first time we probably played the favoured back three slash back five, whichever way. I don't know how you we, we decide what that is, but you know, that was the first time we've had. Declund and Dimitriou and Clark as a back three this season. Um, you know, we we Zanzala's now injured. You know, we, we're looking at the new the new players coming in. So, you know, a little bit of balance, um, I think, isn't quite there yet, but but is on the way. Some people will say, well, every every club is in the same position, and, and to a certain extent, they are. But I just think that it's just everyone just needs to take a breath, and it's like we haven't. Apart from the Salford game, which I, you know, luckily I didn't see, I haven't seen anything that says we can't, you know, go up the table at all. Nothing, you know. I think we'll do. I genuinely think we'll be okay. So good that you mentioned the new players there. Um, I think a lot of people were impressed with um, Mariah Welsh when he came on against Salford, and his performance yesterday as well. He got a comparison on Twitter, and I can kind of see it. I mentioned it in the chat yesterday of Josh Sheehan um, in the way that he. Personally, I think it's the way he he receives the ball and looks to play forward. Uh, Martin, do you see any similarities in in how you've seen him play? Um, now, now you've said that, there's there's two moments probably in the game where he he turned back on himself into space. Yeah, so he received the ball with his back to the player and sort of shuffled around, which Sheen used to do, didn't he? Turning the ball quite quite neatly. Um, I wouldn't have made it personally, but yeah, you could see it where he, where he kind of turns on the ball and moves in, moves into space. But he's, he had a good awareness 
Um, I, I need to see more of him in terms of like passing range and all that. But yeah, he's he's aware of what's around him and he's gonna he's gonna bring a different dynamic to what we had beforehand with with Bowen and Ben. It's sort of like in that pivot in the middle of the pitch. I loved watching him yesterday. I was. Um... He's everything I like in midfield player because he seems to have a bit of momentum to him. He seems to be able to take up all the pressure, as Martin was saying, take it on the turn. He seemed to cover the ground well. He 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 gets a tackle in, you know. Um, he looks fat, you know, on, on 90 minutes or whatever, however long he played, 80 minutes or whatever it was yesterday. Really exciting to see him. He looks great, great find. So um, everything I wanted a midfield player right there. And I think the difference was, yeah, him and Wait, as I said earlier, they were prepared to take some risks. And that, for me, was the difference that, you know, they may be a little bit inexperienced and a bit naive at times, but they want to do something positive on the ball. They want to attack players. They want to get a shot away. They want to make something happen. Whereas I think, you know, Wilding and Bowen especially, I think there's a slight tendency too often to play the the safe sideways pass or to kind of pause the run. Um, whereas, you know, we know from last season that it's the high tempo, high intensity midfielders who tend to cause the most problems. And so um, I think it's perhaps, yeah, given us a bit more of a focus and a bit more of an idea of what all of those central midfield players need to be trying to do. Because I think Bowen's got that in his game. I think he just hasn't quite found the confidence for it yet. The tempo is is key, I think, to unlocking some teams as well. And we've been a bit slow to do it, um, taking maybe too many touches on the ball. Seeing the seeing the Rhino, you can only play what you see, as they say in football. But just seeing the wrong the wrong pass, not not looking up enough, maybe playing it a bit too safe at times. And and I think yeah, if they can bring that pace to the team, I think we're, we'll be able to unlock teams. At, a lot more easier than than we have been. It's that thing about, you know, I think Bowen will develop, you know, and I think that we sometimes forget that the players that we brought in, we're expecting them to be complete finished articles. Not I'm not, but some people are. And that's the whole point, isn't it? That a lot of some of the players we brought, they've brought on potential, aren't they? And, And that hopefully that, Robri and, and Kelly have seen something in them that they can take those players and they're going to fit into the the system and we'll come on to that, 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 that the system that they want and that they can develop them and improve them um, you know and I don't think last year Jake Kane didn't set the world alight when he started off he eased in didn't he you know um, oh, as as well and I, and I, to a less extent they yeah. both were, were a bit um, inconsistent was the word we kept using in kind of August, September time. It was only really October that they kind of started to find their feet. Yeah. So there's plenty of, there's plenty of, I mean, I'm really excited by, by, by Mariah Welsh. But the one that we haven't seen too much of yet, but in the, in the snippets I've seen is um, uh, Will Evans. He, he looks, he looks great to me. Um, you know, he looks to really put himself about. He looks like he's got something. Now, again, that he might come into his own as we go as we go through the go through the season, but um, I think the other thing we've done in the midfield is we haven't just gone with the you know the, the division four version of tick attacker. You know we've also gone forward a bit quicker sometimes in terms of balls up to Bogle and touch on what Martin was saying earlier. The issues being the ball's gone up to him. We haven't got the players around him to to yet to play off him. We were a bit better yesterday, so I think getting that. Getting the tempo right, whether we're going to go long or whether we're going to go short is key, I think, and that and that switch between those two styles. But I, but I think there's plenty of scope there to to do that. Yeah. So the other lone player we've had come in uh, was Thierry Nevers. He had uh, one training session on Friday with the with the side, and then thrown straight in um, on Saturday. Got six much to Ed's annoyance before the game in the in the group chat and. Uh, <laughs> By all accounts, he had a pretty good performance. Um, do you think his direct running gives us something that uh, maybe some of our other options don't give us? He's, he's like that. You know, when we were calling out for a player like Semenyo, it's like that. He's he's technical and direct and he'll cause cause teams problems. So if we can't unlock a team with a pass, we can we can carry the ball. And he's, he's able to do that. Similar to how you had 
Azaz and, and maybe Oli Cooper to an extent last season, but this guy's got a hell of a lot more maybe one-on-one ability than those two had. Um, and he's strong as well. I mean, you, yeah. you saw it with the the first goal. You know, he was holding players off left, right and centre. And, and then, yeah, the ball kind of breaks for Mariah Welsh. But it's, it all came from his hard work. And, and yeah, Reese is, is quite right. I do owe an apology to Mr James Rovery because I was saying um, that, yeah, handing Nevers a, a, a starting place when he'd only been with us for a couple of days... Um, and, you know, trying a different person at left back again, you know, three different starters at left back in, in three games. You know, I said, oh, it's, it's this smacks of desperation. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think it, it shows what I know, doesn't it? it? It clearly, clearly worked. And, yeah, Nevers, I thought, um, you know, Bogle clearly is is the man. And um, I'll doubtless talk about him later. But I thought having someone else with him up front who was big and strong and could drive forward and and scared the life out of the defenders made us very very difficult to contend with at times so i think yeah we we probably now found a good starting pairing um you know even with Zanzala injured and you know you've already said i thought um evans when he came on and played up front on tuesday looked like a very very good option there as well so you can see the mold of striker that robbery clearly likes and we've got several of them on our books. The great thing I, I liked about Neves and, and from a this purely from a fan's perspective, is it anything better than having somebody who's prepared to go one on one and back himself to take somebody on? You know, it, it as Mike said, A it gives you an outlet, it gets the fans going, doesn't it? it you know, it's a fabulous thing and, and I can see him causing, you know, full backs and the and the sort of right side of centre backs some real worry you know and that should you know if you can go past player and get get whips whip balls into the box you know we can have as we had yesterday whether it's Bogle in the middle or midfield runners coming in as, as happened yesterday from the breakdown you know that should give us opportunities to create chances because that is you know if I'm going to criticize this in any shape way or form it's the lack of um mine will probably tell us we've had like a million xgs or something now but um you know it's a lack of creation of clear-cut chances in the first few games that's been the only thing I, I, I've been, you know, slightly concerned about. And I think he'll give us he'll give us a different type of X-factor, I think. I think, um, just from our point of view, that people running at us one-on-one is very difficult to defend against. And you, you've seen that for years with defenders, our defenders having trouble against people running at them. And, you know, Drysdale got exposed in the wide areas against Sutton. Um, and you know throughout this season there's been uh, mistakes one-on-one defending and that comes from people running at them so if we've got that as an attacking option I think that's uh, a good thing for us to have so do you think we've uh, overlooked needing an accomplished left back Uh, so our left back options so far have been uh, Aaron Lewis, Adam Lewis and Will Evans do you think it would have made a difference if we'd had a, a Ryan Haynes you know, a steady League Two left back playing, playing those fixtures, or, or is it just more trying to find our settled starting eleven? We'll start with you, Ed. As uh, you, you thought Haynes was pretty average, I think. Well, I but steady I, away. Yeah, I thought he was. A, he was a kind of steady Eddie of a left back, um, and I think if it had been down to me, I probably would have offered him a a new contract. But I don't blame anyone who who said differently. I could see why it was a kind of tight judgment call. Um, I think we've got three very, very good options there. Um, I thought Aaron Lewis did extremely well. I know Martin is a, a, a fan of his and has kind of talked him up in in the past, and I can I can see why. Um, I think Adam Lewis, like I say, showed some some promise. I think you know maybe he he'll be one who benefits from a bit more game time and getting more match up. And I think Will Evans also kind of looks as though he's he's got something to offer. So. You know, I'm not sure whether I could tell you which of them will have played the most games by the end of the season, but I think between the three of them, we've got all bases covered. You know, um, I think Evans gives us a good like attacking option. Um, I think Scouse gives us a perhaps more of a defensive option, and and um, Aaron Lewis kind of somewhere in between. Kind of similar to what um, what Ed said, and kind of they all three of them touch different bases in terms of what what they bring. Um, I I wouldn't have been looking to recruit left back really. Apart from a backup, um, I thought Aaron Lewis would have been sort of nailed on to, to own that position. Um, 
for me, his, his left foot is is just as good as his right foot. Like there's not not that many players in the league with two feet like him. Um, but in in what we've recruited with Adam Lewis, he's a ball winner, very aggressive, goes goes to the ball, wins the ball, um, can be exposed because of that. Like you saw maybe against uh, Salford for the second goal, I think it was. Um, the on goal, but you know he's very good. He's got pace. Adam uh, Aaron Lewis is very technical. He's a baller in as well, but exceptional with both feet. Um, and then if if you were looking at uh, Will Evans, he's got a totally different dynamic in that he he's almost a bit similar to Cameron Norman, where he can be a aerial outlet as well because he can drive forward with the ball, but he can also get forward into those wide areas and he, he can be your outlet for a switch or whatever and he can he can win the ball in the air. So, Do you think that's think, why you were selected at Sutton to uh, to counter the height that Sutton played with? Yeah, that's why I would have I would have put him there specifically for that. But I guess the, we didn't really use the, uh, the left as much as you might want it to in that game, but we got there in the end. We had a, a battery of questions from Ian for Martin. Do you, do you want to fire some at him? Oh, better make it a quick fire round. <laughs> yeah, this could be a long session, couldn't it? We'll have to do a special, I think. But I'm an old, I'm an old person. I know nothing about tactics. You know, my, my, I was taught you pass to the person in the same coloured shirt, and then like you work it up, and then you get a shot off. Do you know what I mean? That's that's it, right? So, but I'm interested in this. Last year there was lots of talk about this four four box two thing, four two two two, or whatever it was. And I've heard, you know, there's a bit of bit of talk about that this year. Why aren't we playing it? I genuinely have no idea what it is. You know, what's the difference between four box two as opposed because there's four players in the middle there? Isn't that four four two? Just in the like, what's the? I'm, I'm absolutely baffled by it. So my first question is that, Martin, can you explain for those of us who've got no idea what four box two is? I, I can. I'm sure Reese's. I'm sure Reese has touched on four box two before, but. It's uh yeah so for it's basically because you've got different lines of of players up the pitch so you've got four at the back yeah two full backs you've got two midfielders like a double pivot in the middle then you've got two players ahead of them call them whatever you want tens uh, attacking midfielders and then you've got the two strikers so the the two central midfielders and the two tens or cams, whatever you want to call them, they form a box in the middle of the pack. And, and, I would see, and if you're playing that, doesn't the opposition just go, well, you, you're just really narrow in the middle of the pack, so they just put the ball to the, they'll just say, well, we'll just take you down the sides. How do you, how do you prevent that happening? It's, uh, it, it became quite popular. Well, it's been popular in Brazil and in Germany for counter-pressing. Um, so it, it's just about being able to move quickly and almost like in synchronization. So if a team did go to one side, you would almost try and pen them in and get as many. The whole box moves. Yeah. So almost shift across the pitch like that, pen them into one side. The only problem is if they, if they break your press or whatever you want to call it, and then shift to the other side, you're exposed, which is what happened a little bit last season. Um, when teams were able to get around us and over the other side of the pitch. And then we were, you know, chasing our tail sometimes just to get back over the other side. But primarily that's what it's for. Um, you know, I don't know whether it was initially thought out or whether it just happened with the personnel we had, but we had young legs in there and we were able to, well, harry teams, I think. Um, once they got used to it, they knew how to maybe play around us at times. Hartlepool was a perfect example at home. Um, but yeah, if that makes any more sense now. I've got it. I've got it. I'm looking at my box and we're going to move across the pitch. I've got, I'm have got. i going to watch that next time. Uh, next time I'm at the game, I'm going to see, like, are we, have we got a box going? So the other one for you, Martin, is should we be going? I've heard a lot of people saying we should go flat back four, you know, or we should be having, you know, we're currently playing. We, sit, we played all pre-season, didn't we, as a, I never know whether you describe it as five three two or three five two. I'm I'm not sure what the difference is there. But you know, it, and then we seem to switch. Was it against Salford? We switched to a, a four at the back, and it's like so. 
from a fan's perspective, are you thinking we should be going four or a five three two? And like, what what would you you know if you're a Rovery, what what would you go with the, the people you've seen us that we've got so far? What would your formation be? I'm, I'm always an advocate for whatever the club want to do because you can see the merit in it. But I I like having four at the back only because you've got more players in midfield, and if you've got more players in midfield, maybe that means going forward you're going to be a bit more dominant than than if if maybe you had three central defenders. But formation is only is only kind of it's just a word formation. Like it depends really during the game where your players are going to be on the pitch. When the ball is in a specific point, where are your players around that ball? So I mean I like four at the back because it means you've got more more attacking sort of presence or more presence in midfield to to win the ball, to dominate, um, to overload the opposition. You saw the first half against Salford, we didn't have that presence in the middle of the field and we got overrun, didn't we? Um, And that reminded me of the Hartlepool game last season when we got undone. Like that was the first game where I think we, our sort of uh, high intensity got outdone. Um, and they just played around us all day long and it was nice and easy for them. But there's also merit in having the wing-backs because the wing-backs effectively are just like wingers. You know, they get Cameron Norman specifically. He is going to occupy that space in the in the top right-hand final third. And if he isn't a wing-back, he's not there. So who is going to be there if we have four at the back? We don't play with wingers because James likes to play two strikers. Um, maybe four three three, four two one three. You know, it's it's all about just we're on. It doesn't really matter who's in what position. It, but during a moment in a game, where are your players going to be? So if the ball is in the the centre circle, how many players have you got around it? Can you effectively win the ball back if the ball goes over there? Who's going to be there? Do you have players to cover that space and? For me, it's very fluid. If it was was my decision, I'd. If you look at the personnel you've got now, we've brought in um, Nevers. You've also got um, Will Evans, even Collins. You know, so you could be looking at them, and you could be looking at them as wingers. And and but Robbie Wilmot, there. you know, pod favorite yeah. Robbie Wilmot has has barely yeah. featured this season, but you know, there's there's exactly. a big wing option for you. Exactly. And and those players, even if you know you didn't like to think of it as a four three three or whatever you wanted to think of, they could effectively make up two strikers. Yeah, and and one of them can drop in behind as a as a as a cam or number ten. It doesn't really matter as long as there's a rotation and you're covering all bases on the pitch. If you're able to create um overloads in, in every area of the pitch you're kind of able to dominate. Um, but talking about it, it's a hell of a lot easier than doing it, obviously, because there's another team on the pitch and the other team want to be doing exactly the same as you. So we absolutely we can sit here saying, you know, oh, we should play this or we should play that. But there's another team trying to beat us and they will think of a way how they're going to do that. So we've got to be mindful of that. And I think what we've done so far this season, you won't see it because... Everybody's thinking, right, we've lost three games or whatever, but we have conceded three goals. So effectively, we've lost two of them because of own goals. Um, we're much better in defence this season than we were at the back end of last season. Even though you might not think it from watching the, the Salford first half, but it was all about structure. Yeah. They they had they created very little chances. Teams so far this season have created very little chances against us. They've just scored from the really bad ones. Yeah, we've not helped with yeah Mickey Dimitrio and goal uh, doing his thing, and then uh, Aaron Lewis kind of chesting it into his own net or whatever it was on Saturday. You know, it 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 doesn't do much for our confidence. But Martin's right that. Yeah, when it comes to like clear cut, I think you put a, a chart up showing like in terms of clear cut opposition chances in our six yard box, like we're we're doing best out of any team in the division at kind of preventing those. Yeah, and then, and that's 
that's important to, to kind of consider is to, uh, teams might have a lot of possession, but when they're in possession, how dangerous is that possession that they've got? Like if they're passing it around in the middle of the pitch, that's not dangerous. It, it's, it's are they able to run in behind or are they creating gaps in between your, your defenders and, and are they tearing us apart? And if they're not, then I'm not too, too worried about that. I do like to watch a tackling football, I'm not going to lie. But if we can stop teams from creating um, good, high probability chances, then we're doing something right. Um, and, and it's what Flynn was very good at when, when he kind of turned things around with us. You know, he, there was a point in our, uh, his, his kind of uh, management where we were getting run rings around and conceding loads of goals. And then point in the season, I think it was the season we got the playoffs the first time Rick and Poole came in and he shored things up. He went defence first, very rigid, very uh, kind of dull. And we stopped creating as many chances as we used to, but we stopped conceding goals. And I think that's pretty important. So a lot of people moaned last season that we were susceptible to conceding goals. We've kind of fixed it, but there's always a, a, a another thing to consider. If we're going to be good at defence, maybe our attack is going to suffer. I think game context plays a part as well. Like when we shifted to four at the back on Tuesday night, Salford were already 2-0 up, so they didn't need to do anything but sit in. And we changed our shape because, you know, the five at the black back were struggling. But Salford didn't need to do anything at that point. And then we we nicked two goals kind of against the runner play. And then suddenly we had a bit of momentum. So it's hard to say with such a small sample of whether four at the back is is the way forward for this team than and five. I think the manager seems to have uh, settled on on the five at the back for this season. And it's probably for exactly as you've described, probably to try and shore up some of those defensive errors we were making last season. The other thing I think that it, it potentially gives us, and I saw a little glimpse of this yesterday, was it gives you the opportunity for one of those three to make an, an extra man. We got the penalty with James Clark. You know, he was the free man and he went surging into the box. That that, that created the penalty, didn't it? Um, so, you know, the, there, there's options there, isn't it, that actually potentially, as you were saying, Lewis was coming into the middle of the park. There is options there to become a little bit more fluid rather than, as you were saying, Martin, you know, it's not a rigid, you know, football isn't rigid. Whatever formation you talk about, it's not rigid. It's a fluid game, isn't it? And therefore, the, the, the idea that you could use one of the three centre-backs to step out and, and move with the ball and create some space, draw people to him, you know, slide a ball off to, to Mariah Welsh. You know, that, that is where I, I think that the five at the back or the three centre-backs could make a difference for us in, 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 in an attacking sense rather than purely in a defensive sense as well. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Who, um, just to kind of throw it in there, what do you think of Dolan at, at centre-back? You asking me? I love Dolan. All of you or any of you? For me, as I've said a few times on the pod, and I've been castigated, you know, by everyone and left, right, and centre. You know, Dolan is our, um, you know, he's our young mobile, isn't he? You know, he's not the most mobile character, right? But he, he's a fan. He's a he's a fabulous passer of the ball, and and there was a peak. I'm gonna there's a there was a if you need to find this spot for for me, Martin. There was a peak Dolan thing at Bradford, right, where he was playing at the back. He got the ball. He did this lovely little sort of touch it roll over thing, which Reese always likes. And then he, he he put his body shape. It was beautifully. I was right behind it, and he he saw um he saw um, at a Scouse Lewis out on the far side and he thought, I'm going to ping this like 30 yards, not high, going to hit it really hard, really fast, put my laces through it. It was, it was aesthetically one of the greatest things you'll ever see in a football pitch. The fact that it went about 20 yards into the crowd, right? <laughs> I was stood behind it, but that is, that is, that's just Pete Dolan. It was brilliant. It could have been the greatest pass that you've ever seen. It wasn't, but I love the Dolan. But I don't think, I don't think he can... I don't think he can play centre-back for us, really. Um, I, I think he struggles pace-wise. I think he can play there as part of a three. I think um, he he's done it well before. Um, like you said, he's able to carry the ball out of defence as well and make that extra man in midfield. 
which is something he's got. He does love to roll his foot over the top of the ball before he plays every pass. Once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. But I think he can play there. I, I don't think he's a terrible option. I'm not sure if he's one of our preferred three. Like you said earlier, I think the three that we started with yesterday are probably our first choice. But also he's an excellent option from the bench, um, you know, to come either into midfield or into the back three. His set piece delivery is an asset as well. And also I've picked up in some of uh, Robbery's press conferences that uh, he's quite a vocal leader in the dressing room as well. So I, I don't think that can be overlooked as well. You know, you need those, you need those big characters. As we wind down a bit here, we're, we'll go to player of the pod. Um, we'll start with you, Ian. Mariah Welsh. This is, a, this is an exciting player that I want to see more of. And he had more to his game in, in that first game than I thought he would have. So I, I really liked his, I really liked everything he was doing. He was, um, you know, he was committed. He was, um, he could take a player on. He had some pace. Um, he could pass it. He could get a foot in. Yeah. Let's have more of the Welsh. Looking forward to seeing him play. Um, Martin? Bennett is surprising me a little bit. Again, you know I love Bennett, but he's everywhere. He's in the box. He's in our box. He's he's just like this, you draw this line down the middle of the pitch, and he's there. Like he's just covering everything. I'm I'm pretty sure he's got more touches in the box than anybody after Bogle. <laughs> this feels like there was an episode last season where we did Player of the Pod, and people were, you know, going with like Dolan or Wilmot who'd been on the bench or whatever. And it was in like the month when Telford was scoring with huge regularity, and I, I felt like I was going for the obvious option. But I'm going to do it again and say, like, Omar Bogle, obviously, because um, he's, been, he's been immense. He's been a focal point. He's got, uh, got goals and um, he just gives a kind of coherence to our whole system that I really love. And he already feels like he's becoming a sort of cult figure. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's Omar Bogle and I can't believe no, no one else nominated him. I was going to as well. Yay, thank God. Common sense prevails. He um he does a lot of the thankless work as well up top. Like against Salford, he was working hard, winning the ball. And I think he will score plenty of goals at this level. He might he I don't think he will reach Telford levels of goals, but if he gets us fifteen, that's that's probably enough if we can have other players chipping in as well. Um so yeah, I, I I've been impressed with him so far. I think he looks looks like he could do well for us this year. Yeah, he's a good been a good signing. A lot of a lot of grumbles, I think, probably from social media when maybe he signed or from op, um previous clubs, you know, moaning about him or saying you know, why have you signed him and all this. But he's 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 got a lot of work there, isn't he? Like uh people said he he didn't have anything in him, but Christ, he don't stop running. Yeah. Yeah, he reminded me a lot of like Baker Richardson in terms of like work rate. Um and yeah, I mean there were times I think it was against uh Salford on on Tuesday when you'd be thinking, Christ, who's that back in the area, like, you know, going and challenging for the ball? And it would be Bogle. And you think, Well <laughs> you you've left us with nothing up front, but like you're doing stuff that other people aren't. So um, yeah. yeah, I love him for the work rate. Not like CBR last year winning defensive yeah. headers. A mate of mine who's a who's a Grimsby fan who's seen quite a lot of bowl when he, he put a lot of goals in for them. He he was saying that if you can keep him he's a bit of a mood player, he was saying this, and if you can keep him happy and feels like he's part of everything and has a clear role and he said he, he said he'll absolutely destroy defences in this division. He said, but it he does have a tendency to play a few games really well and then for whatever reason can you know, lose his, you know, just drop his sort of head a little bit. So I think that's where hopefully with Robri knowing him from his time at, 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 you know, them lot down the road, that he knows his personality a little bit. So if he can, if he can get around him and get that, you know, that man management right, then potentially we've got a real, a really good one there, I think. If he keeps scoring at a rate of every other game, we will give him all the plaudits that he wants. So with that decided, uh, We'll move on to any shout outs or beefs. <laughs> well, my shout out, my shout out. I, I'm not sure I can do this because it's advertising, really. But when I was in, when I was at, when I was at the Bradford game of the week, I went and had a pint in the Record Cafe, which is which is quite close to the ground. 
and it's one of the nicest pre-match beers and atmospheres that I've been in for a long time. Great place. Um, just brilliant. You know what I mean? Like Bradford, you know, Bradford place full of Bradford fans. Um, but really got a really good atmosphere. And I took my old, took my daughter, my oldest daughter to her first line. You put game and, you know, we went in there and it was brilliant. You know, we had a really good time. So I'll give a shout out to the record cafe. My beef is, um, all social media companies. Now my beef is, um, you know, the moaning that's gone on, uh, over the last, <laughs> that, that I've, I try and stay away from it all, but it's been astonishing for me that we've played five games. Some of the moaning that's been going on has been absolutely beyond belief as far as I'm concerned, you know, get behind the club. Let's see where we're going. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, um, as Martin has clearly explained, we are tactically all right. We're doing okay. There's more to come. Let's see where we go. My shout out has maybe a, a result of my beef. Like the first game of the season against Warsaw, the cameraman was, or woman was uh, really bad and, uh, Missing every long ball, you couldn't see half the pitch. Um, but it hasn't been too bad for the, the past two games, actually. So, uh, yeah, that's my shout-out. <laughs> my my shout-out is um, to whoever was doing the match commentary who announced um, Ibu Toure as Ibu Toupe when yeah. he walked out on Tuesday night because that was probably the highlight of the game. That was funny. If if we do comment, saying commentators has reminded me, I was going to do a quick shout out for um, Beth Fisher of the BBC, who did, uh, who I think she said she was the first um, female commentator for BBC Wales. Um, right. Certainly, the first one to commentate on on County's game up at Bradford the other week, and did a, a smashing job, even though she was um, struggling with a a cold um and yeah I, i'm sure we will look forward to hearing more of her conversation on county this season because yeah she did a uh, a very good job you know it's always lovely to have rob phillips as well but um but yeah having having beth too uh seemed like a uh, a good range of options so yeah well done bbc wales so we're always pleased to hear from uh any of our listeners any feedback or suggestions for things we can cover uh get in touch we're at 1912xls on twitter or 1912xls podcast on facebook uh, we're also on LinkedIn, who I think the only followers are the presenters. No, that's not true. We've we've got a couple of people who've started to kind of leave comments. And, uh, oh, yeah, we? So, yeah, 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 it's good. I haven't checked it for a little while. Yeah, yeah it's all right. Um, you, are you all on LinkedIn? Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ian's not. He's, I mean, if he's too old school for Four Box 2, he's too old school for LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> are we doing, have we got predictions for the next two couple of games? Oh, we can next do some predictions, time. yeah. Completely forgot that. So um, we've got uh, Portsmouth on, is that Tuesday or Wednesday night? Tuesday night. And then we're away to Harrogate next weekend. I think we'll struggle against Pompey, much as I, I absolutely dislike them with a passion. Um, but I think we will, I think we'll struggle. Um, they, they put um, they put three past them a lot of the road, didn't they, on, uh, um, in the first round. Um, be interested to see what, what, what team we put out. I'm not a big fan of this, like, you know, rota- I don't mind rotating a squad a little bit, but I'm always a big belief is put your put your fittest first eleven out if they're fit, put them out. But um, I suspect we'll get a bit of rotation, um, but I think we'll struggle. So I, I don't think we'll win that one. Um, but I do think I'm going to Harrogate next week. It's a close one for me, so I'll be I'll be at that. And I think we're going to win there two 0 I've got to ask you, why do you hate Portsmouth? They they seem like a fairly harmless club. I've got no feelings on them one way or the other. So I want to know what your what your beef with Portsmouth is. I go back to about was it eighty? I don't know what year it was. Eighty four, eighty five, when they came, they came, we were like top of oh, we were going we were going big guns and we were top of uh, Division Three, um, going up, and they came to our place. Um, Alan, and he turned us over. Alan Bailey, I think it was, got a hat trick or something like that. And, and um, there's all sorts of all sorts of shenanigans going on outside the ground and stuff. But I just, I dislike them. I dislike their fans. I dislike, I dislike everything about that club. <laughs> Nearly forty years ago, Ian. I think, I think you might have to let it yeah. go, mate. <laughs> I can't let it go, mate. <laughs> Hold the grudge. I'd I'd really love us to get a cup run going. Um, I think I said before the season, my my sort of expectation is that we're probably going to be mid table. But I'd really like us to to try and have a run in the cups because I think it'd be good for good for business, good for morale, and um, get a buzz around the place. But yeah, I agree with Ian. I think it may be a 
a tough game, but you know, if we can if we can get him into extra time, well, no, there is no extra time, is there in the League Cup? If we can keep it, yeah, if we can keep it as tight as possible, who knows? But um, yeah, let's treat that as a, a kind of bonus game. But I agree with Ian that put out the best squad we can and um yeah, let's just keep kind of giving particularly some of these um newer, younger players a bit of time a bit of match time and you know, time to get really match sharp because I think there's a, st- a couple who are still a bit off it. And yeah, I I would really love us to go to Harrogate and get uh, get an away win. So um, I'm going to predict. I think we'll we'll squeak a a two one at Harrogate next weekend. I'm looking forward to just enjoying a game on Tuesday because I missed yesterday at the ground. But um, I'm not confident we're going to win. But anything anything can happen in the cup. Harrogate uh, probably a draw. They're just one of those teams, aren't they? Yeah. I'm hoping we can nick a 1-0 against them. I think, didn't we have a 2-1 win up there last season or the year before? So, yeah, I'd like us to nick a 1-0 win up there. And then we'll be on a roll. Confidence we saw him. All right, then. Um, all that's left is for me to thank the panel. And thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll hopefully be back um, after Harrogate next weekend, um, off the back of two wins, hopefully. So stay safe and keep it counting. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.